Thank you for your presence today. We've all experienced times when what we say or what someone else says to us is misinterpreted. That's human nature. Not so with our sovereign God. He made us and he knows us intricately. Therefore, he knows just how to communicate his will to each of us. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, we clearly hear and understand God's instructions. How we respond is up to us. The outcome of our response to God's instructions is up to Him. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. The book of Jonah, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And just keep it open because we'll even be delving in also not only chapter 1, but chapter 2 of Jonah as we see what God has to say for us this morning. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The word of God reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. I want to preach from this particular passage the renegade prophet who faced a great storm. The renegade prophet who faced a great storm. Storms are inevitable in life. You cannot live in this life for any length of time and not have a personal encounter with the storms of life. Either you have come out of a storm or perhaps I'm speaking to someone right now. You are in a storm as you hear this message. Uh, Maybe God is uh, leading you right into a storm. Sooner or later, we will all face storms. Some children face storms with sicknesses and diseases and catastrophic things happen. The elderly face storms. Storms, they have no respect of person. It it, it doesn't matter whether you're black, white, uh, Hispanic, Asian, whatever you are, uh, no one is exempt from storms. It doesn't care about your socioeconomic status. You can be rich, you can be middle class, poor. Uh, You don't have to have a dime and still encounter a storm in life. They are real. Sometimes you can see a storm coming at you like a train and you just brace yourself because you say, here it comes. And then sometimes the storm ambushes you from the backside. You had no clue. And all of a sudden, bam, you're right in the middle thereof. Here's a prophet of God whose name was Jonah, who finds himself in an immense, great, tremendous, traumatic storm. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 4 you have the Lord stirred a great storm. 
in this verse, you see that the Lord stirred a great storm. A sure way to bring storms into our lives is to rebel against God. You rebel against Almighty God and you're destined to have a storm to intrude into your life. My friend, God knows how to get your attention. And you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you only listen to him. Anytime you fight against Almighty God, you're fighting a losing battle. Storms, storms, storms. Why does God allow those terrible storms to come into our lives? Do we have to have them? Can we get around them? Why, why? Why does God allow storms to come into our lives? Number one, like Jonah, sometimes storms intrude into our lives because of our own rebellion against God. Your rebellion against Almighty God can bring storms into your life. Verse 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How do you run from a God who's everywhere present? When God disciplines his children, we know without a doubt it is he who is doing the the divine chastening. In Jonah, if you turn over to Jonah chapter 2, verses 3 through 4a, it says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves pass over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Jonah knew he was being disciplined by almighty God. He was under divine chastening and he didn't have to say who is doing this. He knew he was the culprit. My friend, do not think that you are so important that you cannot be humbled by God. Do not think you are so important that you cannot be humbled by God. He knows how to shake up your life and bring you to your senses. The chastening hand of God was so severe upon Jonah's life until he was taken out of this world and cast out of the sight of Almighty God by being swallowed up whole by a great fish. And was taken into the depths of the sea, into isolation, seclusion, and solitary confinement. Oh, he was in jail all right. Believe me, church, Jonah was messing with the wrong person. And you too will be wise indeed if you learn your lesson from Jonah as well. All of our lessons do not have to be hard learned. Beloved, do not delegitimize this actual real historical account of Jonah. This account of Jonah being in the the belly of a great fish is an actual, literal, real account. You say, "How how do I know that? Well, because of Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 through 41. Jesus, our Lord, validates the account of Jonah. The word of God reads in uh, Matthew 12, 39 through 41. But Jesus answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. See, he references and validates Jonah right there. Verse 40. 
For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Verse 41, the men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. And his audience of that day to whom Jesus was speaking would not hear the one who created Jonah and the great fish. Jonah being in the belly of the great fish is a type of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself referred to the account of Jonah as a historical illustration of his own literal death, burial, and resurrection, thus reinforcing the truthfulness of this particular narrative. Number two, why do storms come and intrude into our lives? Number two, sometimes the decisions of others, such as a spouse, such as parents, such as children, such as siblings and grandchildren, can cause us to be in a horrific storm. Sometimes the storm is not because of what you have done. It is not because of your rebellion. Sometimes it's the decisions of others that bring families into storms. Uh, Verse 5a says, then the mariners were afraid. Jonah's rebellion affected everyone on that ship. Willfully sinning against Almighty God is so selfish because your sin does not only affect you, but those who love you the most. Even the decisions made by an employer or our government can world us into a crisis, can world this nation into a crisis. Sometimes it's the decision of your child, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, or those closest to you that can cause storms to come into your life. God created us in his image and gave us a perfect world in which to live. In addition to that, our once great nation had God's favor because it was founded on In God We Trust. Consider the world in which we live today. Men and women seek what is pleasurable in their own eyes and have turned away from God. Satan is wreaking havoc on every turn. Lives are continually being destroyed because, as a nation, we refuse to acknowledge what is blatantly before us. Listen to the Word of God as Pastor Rander continues. Thirdly, why do do we experience storms? Number three, God uses storms to strip us of our own self-sufficiency and to make us more dependent upon him. That's a big one. You need to write it down unless you got perfect photostatic memory. God uses storms to strip us of our own self-sufficiency and to make us more dependent upon him. Look at verse three in the scripture. But Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh. But Jonah said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I ain't going there. I don't want to preach to them. They might get saved. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. See, he wanted to do things his own way. 
He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he even, not only did he go down to Joppa, but he even paid the fare to sin against God. And went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Ha! So he thought. Let me tell you something, beloved. We create our own storms when we are determined to do things our way instead of God's way. Did you get what I just said? We create our own storms when we are determined to do things our way instead of God's way. God instructed Jonah to, look Jonah, rise up. You are my prophet. Do what I tell you to do. Go to Nineveh. Preach. Instead, he paid that fare, left Joppa, took a ship in the opposite direction to Tarshish. And because of such, he brought a tremendous storm, not only on himself, but also to the crewmen who were on that ship. Why do storms come into our lives? Fourthly, The Lord permits storms to come into our lives to reveal our frailties and limitations because we think that we have it all together. Listen to this closely. The Lord permits storms to come into our lives to reveal our what? Frailties and our limitations because we think we have it all together. Our Lord knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows what he is doing and sometimes allows us to be put in a position where we can do nothing but absolutely depend upon him. How do you know that? Uh, Jonah 2.5 says, the waters surrounded me, even to my soul, the deep, that's the sea, uh, closed around me. He was surrounded by water. He was underwater, surrounded by water. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And I believe it was wrapped around his whole body. God just uh, bound him. You want to run? I'll let my seaweeds bound you. Not only will I put you in a fish, but I'll wrap your head. Don't you mess with God. Jonah was swallowed up by a great fish. Jonah was buried in the bottom of the sea and wrapped with seaweeds. He was frail. He was weak. He was, he, 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 he had not eaten and could not eat. Be mindful. Jonah was in the belly of the the great fish, three days and three nights. Some of y'all can't skip a meal without being miserable. Three days, three nights, no Kool-Aid, no soda, no, no pizza, no pizzeria, no ice cream, no floats, no hot dogs, no burgers. On a fast. He said, okay, you're going to fast. Now, while I lock you in that fish, I'm going to put you on a fast. You're not going to drink nothing. You're not going to eat nothing. I'll fix you, Jonah. Be mindful. Jonah was in that fish three days and three nights, which is a long time to be without food and water. 
Jonah was also extremely limited and he was also extremely restricted. Guess what? In the belly of that fish, Jonah couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. He couldn't stretch. He couldn't even run. God took all the running out of him. So you're going to run for me? I said, I'll fix you where you can even move your big toe. He was helpless. Jonah was frail. Jonah was limited. And Jonah was weak. Listen to me closely. Sometimes this is what God has to do to us when we think that we are invincible. This is what God has to do to us when we think we are so smart and all of that. This is what God has to do to us when we think we have it all together. This is what God has to do to us uh, to the extent where we, where, where we don't even uh, hear God and God can't even get through to us. God says, I'll fix you. I'll humble you. I, I, I know what to do. I know how to break you. You don't know who you messing with. You messing with the God who created the rivers and the, and the mountains and the moon and the sun and the stars. And you're going to get your puny self and you're going to tell me you go in the other direction. Don't you know I am the great I am? Don't you know when I speak men live and when I speak men lay down and die. I created everything in this universe including you. God Almighty. It's getting good, church. Let me tell you something. Number five, God knows how to protect his children through the storms of life. Whatever you're going through, no matter how big it is, how horrific it is, God knows how to take care of you in the midst of the crisis. God preserved Jonah Even though he thought he was as good as dead when he was thrown overboard. Let's pretend you were on a carnival cruise ship. And a crew that didn't, somebody, a group that didn't like you just picked you up and just threw threw you overboard. I bet you'll be saying, it's over. That's it. I'm done. Huh? He was thrown overboard, but God preserved him. Uh, but, but, but he himself thought he was as good as dead. Now, you got to understand, we know the end of the story. Jonah didn't know the end of the story when this was happening. Jonah 1.17 says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Prepared him. I told you earlier on, everything obeyed God except Jonah. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow him up. Gobble, shamu, gobble him up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Huh. Usually people say, I'm going fishing. Instead of man catching a fish, the fish caught man, which kept Jonah from drowning. Can you imagine that? God preserved him from drowning. He allowed the fish to swallow him whole. I imagine God told the, the fish, I, don't you stick one tooth in him. Just don't, don't chew him. I, I, got, I got to use him. Just swallow him. You might get indigestion, but just 
Swallow. You might have to burn, but just swallow that old rebellious prophet. I could only imagine that when Jonah was bad enough to be cast into the sea, but when he saw that great fish coming after him with his mouth wide open, Jonah probably yelled, because he was in rebellion, you know, he probably cursed in Hebrew. Because <laughs> he was in rebellion. So when you get in rebellion, you start cussing and everything. You know, some look at me, some of y'all in here have cussed lately. All the cusses are not gone. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that rebellious prophet cussed in Hebrew. Or maybe he got converted about that time and said, like, oh, he God! Blue. All day, all that night, all that next day, all that next night, all that next day, all that next night. Beloved, I want you to get a principle out of here. Listen. No matter how bad things get in your life, if God is, is not through with you, you will not die until you fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. Did you hear what I just said? You, you know why that, that old rebellious prophet couldn't die? He couldn't die because God wasn't through with him. He let him go overboard into the water. Couldn't die. Swallowed by a fish. Couldn't die. In there three days and three nights. Couldn't die. You know why he couldn't die? It's because God wasn't through with him yet. Stop walking around here being afraid to live. Stop walking around here being afraid to fly in an airplane. Stop Walking around here being scared to go out is dark. It's been getting dark since you were acting a fool in the dark. Stop, stop, stop being a scary cat. I can't go to Israel. Might get a bomb. I can't do this. Oh, it's evil out there. Listen, you can't go anywhere. You can't even die until God wills it so. Until he is through. Until you fulfill your purpose in life. When God is done with your divine assignment. Then you, the stage of life, the curtains of life will close. And you will bow your head and die. Number six. Why do storms come into our life? We can survive any crisis if we, like Jonah, pray our way through them. We can survive any crisis if we, like Jonah, pray our way through them. Yeah. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It's right in the text. In verse 7b, it says, then Jonah prayed. Let me tell you something. It was time to pray. Now, some of y'all don't want to pray. Some of y'all got some sad prayer lives. Really, be truthful, be told, all, all of us, all our prayer lives need reviving. 
And I tell you what, God knows how to put you in positions where you can't do anything but pray. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. He prayed. Look. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. There he is praying. Look, out of the belly of Shoal, I cried and you heard my voice. Jonah prayed. Verse 7b says, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Jonah was praying. Jonah had a prayer meeting in the belly's fish, in the fish of the belly. He had a prayer meeting. In the belly of a fish. Listen, don't tell me you can't pray. Let that plane tremble in the air. And some of y'all, it's amazing. Y'all can get on that plane and walk on there and and get you some bourbon instead of getting some water. You know you need more water. Yeah, I'm meddling now. You know, you just... You want cocktail and have even, you better pray. Listen, don't you know, every time I get on a plane, I touch that plane going in the dough. I say, in the name of Jesus, your servant's on this plane. And Lord, I know some fools on this plane that they don't know how to pray. Some pagans on this plane. I'm praying for everybody on this plane. I don't know the pilot's name. I don't know the, the attendant's name, but I'm going to pray for all of them. And I'm praying that if that, that plane will stay up there because Randa Earl Draper Sr. prayed that plane up, prayed it in the air, and prayed it down. You're talking about you had a bad flight. If you, if you get off a flight to talk about it, it was a good flight. <laughs> you talking when you land? I don't care how it was shaking and bumping and dipping and all that. If you got off talking and walking, it was a good flight. When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.